Welcome once again to The Bridalcast, where we feature stories about books, old, rare, and out of print, the people who buy, sell, and collect them. And we do so with uh, one of the best in the business and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in this business. He is Ken Gloss, the owner, operator, and the guy who loves his work at the Brattle Bookshop in Boston. Brattlebookshop.com is the site. I'm Jordan Rich. And Ken, we thought we'd chat a little bit today about how people handle the books they collect over their lifetime and how they plan for the future and sort of in their own mind and for those who are going to come after them, take care of these libraries. Well, one of the things, one of the reasons this subject came up is I had a man who listens to the Brattlecast. Uh, I guess he comes into the store every once in a while. He's from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And he came in. He first of all told me he liked the, the programs. But then he said, I have a large library. Uh, I love my library. Uh, but I'm getting a little bit on in age. And he goes, I don't want this to be a burden to my family. And he says, I'm trying to prepare whether we're going to keep it, whether I'm going to donate it, whether I'm, they're going to try to sell it, uh, whether any of the family members want it. Uh, and he said, I'd like to have a lot of this prepared out. And how do I go about it? Uh, and of course, a lot of times uh, you, people say that. And of course, they're more interested in collecting, reading, and the the organizing is an, another whole thing. But many times after a customer or a friend who have collected books have died or they're incapacitated, it can be a really big job mm. and the family can go, and uh, gee, how do we do this? Or some of the family members just don't care. Mm. I mean, you know, this person spent a lifetime putting this collection together and if they have some ideas, that's great. But if their family says, eh, I don't want – so pre-planning is a good idea. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of the things you can do. And uh, first of all, just the physical nature of books is that they take up space. So are you thinking about storage? Are you thinking about uh, storage bins? I mean, what, what do you offer suggestion Well, one of the things that people, when they ask just how to store the books and how to do that, I say if you're comfortable, the books are comfortable. Now, I'm assuming – that you're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, in individual books. Then you might build a room. You, you have all sorts of atmospheric alarms and controls. Mm. And but if you're buying hundred thousand dollar books, you can afford to do <laughs> right. that too. Uh, but <laughs> right. what what I tell people is, first of all, if they haven't done anything, many collectors actually made index cards of their books. Now they put them on a uh, program, but. You know, that's still a lot of work. What I tell people, if the books are on shelves, take digital pictures of the shelves. I mean, that, first of all, any librarian, uh, any book dealer, anyone who knows anything about books, it might not be absolutely perfect. But if you can see in focus, that's Mm. an important part. Yes. Because I've seen people (laughs) do all these pictures. And if they're slightly, slightly out of focus when you try to enlarge them, they blur. Mm. So – but you can tell what it is, what the collection is, what the selection is. Now, if it's something that you know that your family's not going to be interested in, I still would tell them and go over with them and say, look, is there anything in here that's sentimentally valuable? Mm-hmm. In other words, is there a book that the the father gave to the daughter or God or maybe she was with them or he or the son was with them when he got it? And would this mean something to you, you know, almost like preserving your friend, relative, whatever? Or maybe there are some friends who you've collected with and you'd say, I know, you know, I outbid so-and-so on this one and they haven't Mm -hmm. been able to get it. 
please give that to them or or give them first opportunity to buy it. So it gives a little bit of instruction to the family. Also, if you – in many cases in a library, this isn't all, but in many cases, there are one, two, maybe ten books that are worth ten times everything else combined. Point those out. Tell people what they are. Maybe even give your – whoever's settling going to be dealing with it. Give them a sense that, look, pay attention to these. They probably should be in this area. Maybe even get in touch with this person, that person, whoever, and this is the right person. And don't worry too much about Mm. the rest of it. Ken, you mentioned uh, when books are not necessarily requested by family or friends and somebody wants to donate, even while they're still here, it sounds like, hey, give something away for free. What, What could be so difficult? But it can be challenging. I know I had the challenge when I moved so what advice do you have for people who don't want to make a donation? Well, that that was one of the definite things that uh, uh, go over. Again, it depends on which level you're donating on. If you collected a group of books and they're on a very specific subject and you have one of the better – that would be an academic – something that a graduate student could maybe do a research project for, write a thesis of, or you very much wanted to go to a particular library, institution, or so on, don't assume that that's always easy. That's partly where pictures help because usually a librarian, especially if they're not, you know, we're in Boston. So if you'd want to donate to Boston College, well, maybe the librarian can get out for a day, say, what the heck, I'll go over, I'll be out of the office and look at the books. But if the, maybe the library's in Los Angeles, that's where these pictures help. And again, a good librarian will be able to tell. But a lot of times, those books, the librarian will look at it, the library will look at it. They're worried about their space also. They'll look at it, how much of this is already available? How much do we have? How much is already digitized? I went to a lady's house the other day, and she was concerned. that I've collected these books. They're all in a subject. They're, they're very specific in how they relate to each other. And I had to say to her, I said, you know, these books are not hard to get. These books well, aren't valuable. Nowadays with the internet, you can replace right. them. But what is valuable is what you did and why this book is next to that book is next mm. to that book is next to that book and how it makes the collection. I said, what you really want to do is give them your notes of why you collected it. They can replace the books uh, and they'd mm. be happy to do that. But when you also are giving large numbers of books to libraries, many times they'll go, we would love to take these. We want them. But we want a big donation to go with it because we want to be able to pay to have these things cataloged. Mm. We want to – it's going to take a lot of time and effort and work. They also will almost never, unless you're talking millions of dollars, will make it a sort of a memorial collection where this is X's memorial and there's a special corner in the library. Now, you can get creative and I'll just mention something. I had about 600 signed by the author books when I was – working a regular talk show. And uh, when I moved, uh, it it struck me there was only one place I thought of, and that was an assisted living nursing home center that had a library. And I I had a a relative there at the time. And I said, would you be interested in taking books? And I knew the woman who tended the library. And they said yes, because they don't get that kind of offer. And I wasn't looking for anything beyond just somebody to enjoy the books. But that's 
rare. Er, I mean, unless you're giving it to a charity that that you know a bookmobile or something, that's rare to find an organization that'll take 600 books. Oh, no, absolutely. There are some. There's a great organization in Boston called More Than Words Mm -hmm. that helps younger people learn how to work. They do it by running bookstores. We work with them occasionally. uh, But the other other thing that if you're donating and giving books and you want to take tax deductions – then you're getting into appraisals and formal and accountants get involved. But it gets complicated. So a lot of that can be done ahead of time. Uh, a lot of that can be, uh, even if it's on a verbal basis without getting the formal and paying for the really in-depth, you could have someone go through, maybe someone who you know, and say, and then you can write it out for your relatives. Uh, mm. You know, do this, that, but... Well, obviously, that's something that you do professionally, needless yeah. to say, and you've, you've done it all over the country on TV and elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it's all about planning ahead. It's and all about planning ahead. Because this, for many people, is a cherished part of, of their life and estate. Well, we have one customer who has been a customer of ours all his life. And he he's single. He's in his 80s now. And all he does is buy books. I mean, he's worked and all that, but he goes from our store to other stores mm-hmm. to other stores. And he literally has the place he lives, and then he has another house. <laughs> okay. uh, and the, and the, I actually think that he's a little – he doesn't uh, do a lot of repair work on the house because he's always repa- afraid one of the repairmen will come in and then call the city inspectors because of the the books and all of that. But I know that his intention is going – that he wants some library to come in and take what I – I've never seen it, but I imagine must be a few hundred thousand books. Mm. And the reality is I think he's going to have a really, really hard time. What they're going to want to do and what his family is going to have to deal with is they're going to want to say, OK, we want this thousand or that thousand books or maybe 500. But they're going to say the rest of it, what are you going to yeah. do with it? So getting back to my question, which is – really super practical. When you've got books that you've had appraised that are worth something, it's probably a good idea to protect the physical book itself. I'm not saying put it necessarily behind a glass alarmed case, but uh, be careful of mildew, be careful of, you know, that kind of stuff, atmospherics. Absolutely. The the things, the the quick answer to that is not too hot, too cold, too damp, too dry. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're comfortable, The The books books will be comfortable. (laughs) Don't put them in the shelf too tightly Mm. because inevitably someone will reach at the top of the spine and pull it. And if it's too tight, they'll rip it. Don't put it in too loose because the binding will tend to bow. If your books are something a little on the next level up, what you can always do is have a box made. Uh, And, you know, binders make these boxes. So you have the box and it can be anywhere from a very simple library binding to a very fancy jewel-encrusted leather Mm. binding. Uh, But the original book is in the box. Now, a lot of books, when you collect, the condition can be a tremendously important part of it, the paper dust jacket, and to have protection for that. Mm. Sometimes the acetate glassine folders will help a lot. Uh, One of the things that I tell people to be very careful of, especially if you in Massachusetts or New England, you live near the coast, uh, a lot of times you'll look at someone's library and it's in a nice nice area and the books look fine. 
but you sort of get a sense it's a little damp. The dust jackets are perfect, but I know enough now to look underneath the dust jacket, and sometimes a lot of mold is growing mm. because it captures the the uh, the moisture. People ask me, should we put them in plastic bags? And I say no, because the the plastic bag holds in the moisture. So that's you know for the average person. If you're comfortable, they'll be comfortable. And, and you know, whoever's taking care of your books should also know which ones to really pay attention to. I think to. the bottom line here is that people who have these these questions and thoughts, uh, hopefully they're listening now or will in the future, should know that there are people like you and your colleagues who really care about this kind of stuff and can answer these questions. Yeah, we it, And absolutely. And uh, what I tell people a lot of times is when you're dealing with – and this is more general than just you – know, when you're dealing with books, books deal with every subject, every year, every field. You absolutely cannot know everything. Matter of fact, if you knew everything, it would get really boring. So there's always something new to learn. But you don't have to know everything. All you have to know is who to ask. And, uh, you know, if if I'm doing something on a sound studio – I don't know it. All I have to do is ask you. Anytime. <laughs> but it's the same no, thing. Right. But right. I, I might know somebody who's a specialist in repairing this type of thing. I might know someone who's a specialist in doing that type of appraisal. I might say, well, you know, if you want to donate this collection, maybe this librarian or that librarian might be the first ones you want to call. What I will emphasize, though, is it really doesn't hurt taking maybe a day, a half a day, sort of writing out some of your thoughts, pointing out a few of the things that might be the most important, most things to worry about, mm. and taking pictures. Because now, and one other thing is, all of this information, have a copy and have it off-site. Because if you ever have a fire or a flood mm. or anything like that, you don't want all of your backup information sitting with the material. And, and let's remember, focus, focus, focus when you're taking those pictures. Make sure you can yeah. see what the titles are but, and what they are. But actually, a little bit of thought, a yeah. little of care, and a little communication to either children, spouses, friends, that actually probably solves 85 to 90% of it. As always, you are a font of knowledge and information and wisdom, and I thank you for that. And, you know, people can follow us and, and find out more about all the fun things happening at the Brattle on uh, both Twitter and Instagram at Brattle Bookshop. Oh, absolutely. Or just go to our website and check it out. And, you know, it's a lot of fun. And whenever you ask us about books and books, we love talking about and it. and please ask us questions that we can bring up here on the Brattlecast because so many of our topics now are generated by you. Ken, thank you as always. Well, thank you and I enjoy doing it. All right, we'll see you next time. Take care.